0: Let's give God some praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Mighty God, hallelujah. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. There's definitely a presence of God that we feel in this house. Amen. Amen. I believe if you lift your hands right now, you can get a hold of them. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Lord, we want to reach heaven tonight. We want to go places we've never gone before, Lord. We want to become unglued to our comfort places. Lord, we want to see you in the high place, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're an amazing God, Lord. You're an amazing Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy that we feel in this house tonight. thank you Jesus Lord help us to be responders and not thinkers hallelujah Thank you, Jesus. Help us to let some things be. Lord, if you desire to move in something right now, Lord, I'm asking God that you would move. I us to let it be. In Jesus' name. My father, you can be seated. Lord have your way in this house tonight. In Jesus' name. My father had a same in our house as a child. My grandfather was actually the same. My father, my grandfather was was in the military. My father wasn't. He was a son of a man that was in the army. My grandfather believed in order. And due to the fact that my father being raised in a household like that, what was in my father's house as a child, we found also in our house. And my father um, had a saying that basically if he told you to do something, that was it. (laughs) Um, Don't let me tell you twice. There was no such thing as three strikes and you're out. (laughs) You was out (laughs) if you didn't move off the first hit. And um, my father would give an instruction. If my father would call my name, I didn't just say yeah from the other room. Matter of fact, I didn't say yeah. Yes, sir. And as a matter of fact, I did not just say yes, sir, and stayed in the other room, but while I was walking and moving swiftly in this direction, He had to feel the sir coming. And as I did that, um, it was just a way of living for us. I would go to friends' houses, and I would see how they functioned with their parents. But my parents made sure that they ingrained in us that what went on in other people's houses. Don't you bring that stuff to our house. We didn't have to wonder where the line was drawn. My parents made sure that when we came out the womb, that the line was very clear. My parents were not afraid of us. My parents, (laughs) you know, we live in a different generation now. My parents weren't afraid of us. My mother let it be known. Um, She let it be known. My stepmother, my father raised me and my... Stepmother was married to him, and they both raised us. And uh, my stepmother would say, you know, I didn't bring you in this world, but I'll, I'll take you out. <laughs> you know, she would say things like that. And um, and she convinced us that if we, you know, got in trouble, and, you know, she had to lay the smack down, um, that if we called the police, she said, you go ahead and you call them. She said, and I'll go to jail. But When I get out, I'm coming for you. <laughs> she was coming for us. And uh, so therefore, you know, it was like, you know, I wasn't going to. Uh, I, I just literally believed that my family, my my mother and my father would, you know, I didn't realize how crazy they were until I got older. <laughs> there were some things they said to me that I really believed. And uh, there were things that they said because they taught, you know, they taught us to believe in, you know, they, someone would say they put the fear of God in you. And there were some things that they said to me as a child that they technically did not say with the intent of doing it. But they felt like if they could create enough fear in my heart, that I would fear them enough not to cross certain boundaries, go across certain lines. And nevertheless, like I said, my father would say, George, I want you to go do such and such. And when he would ask, when he would tell us to do something, um, or if he made a suggestion, even him making a suggestion was not a suggestion. It, it was a commandment. And, uh, when he would tell us to do something, we would do it quickly. Um, as a matter of fact, <clears throat> it would be considered an insult to him if I sat back and tried to, um, try to analyze what he is telling me to do, um, we were just taught as children, you just take instructions. We just take orders. And um, and basically, we got the understanding after we followed the orders. Well, you know, as I got older in my walk with God, and after I was baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, I learned that some of the principles that um, I was raised in in my home also applicable to how you function in the kingdom of God. And I learned that, you know, that I've seen it where saints struggle in walking in the Holy Ghost, obeying the voice of God. Because what happens is we have a tendency to bring into the kingdom the things that we had when we were raised as children, I've seen it where people that were young, after they um, had gotten saved, and as they got older, even though these were godly people and people that loved their families, you will find that people will have a tendency to actually uh, repeat the very things that their mother and father did. I've seen it where parents, were daughters uh, that may have been abused mentally and emotionally by mom, I've seen it where they would despise mom in such a way that they say that whatever I do, I'll never be like how my mother was. So what happens is when they get their child, their first child, it is their desire to make sure that their whole focus is, I'm not going to be like mom. I'm not going to be like dad. And the next thing you know, they become like the very thing that they're trying not to be like. I've found out that people that do that are like that because they are focused on the wrong thing. I believe that whatever you look at the most will be the thing that you will become like. So if there's some people in, the, in this room under the sound of my voice that maybe you have had some bad encounters or some bad experiences in your life due to some things that have happened maybe in your home or your upbringing, If you're going to make your whole focus on raising your children based upon I don't want to be like mom, I don't want to be like dad, so that is your main focus. But because you're looking at them and, and, and you're using that as the plumb line, don't be surprised when you end up just like them. You've got to become like Jesus. You've got to get someone else that is far different, far greater than where you come from but my parents had the mentality that you know I I remember being raised in the house and once again I was a child that I followed instructions uh, when it came down to my father telling me to do stuff now that did not stop me from sneaking and doing stuff but my mother um, you know my stepmother she just you know I could tell my father a lie but my stepmother she just you know. She was like a, you know, she she could sniff it out. You you would think she had the nose of a of a, of a bloodhound dog because she could smell alive a mile away. Um, she she was a person that, um, she was a person that you know she didn't take none of my none of my stuff, and uh, my father, on the other hand, you know, if my mother put enough pressure on him. He didn't take none of my stuff either. But the thing was, in the atmosphere of the home, we learned obedience to fear. Um, I learned how to obey. I learned how to do the things that needed to be done, not because of love, but because of fear. And then what happened was I learned there there were principles that I had in being raised in the home and then coming over into the church and trying to walk with God. It was almost like I was looking for God to use fear as a motivation for me to walk with him. But I learned that I was dealing with a God that doesn't want you to serve him by fear, but he's a God that wants you to serve him by love. It took me years to really begin to grasp the fact that God loved me. You know, I heard people say in the scripture, where the Bible says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life." I remember as a child, my parents always telling me, "George, I'm not two minutes off of you." You know, I don't think I ever really moved from that two-minute mark. It was like they were always two minutes away from doing something, doing something to me. And they were like, "I'm not not two minutes off of you. I'm I'm about." on the verge of, you're going to make me lose my mind. You know, it was, it was always life on the edge. And basically the edge, living on the edge and and and, and the the aggression that, that was in the home that was so strong that basically I learned how to live life that way. And I used that as a motivation to kind of do what was right. And basically if I wasn't living on the edge, if there wasn't someone that was two minutes off of me, then basically what was happening was I was just kind of going back, trying to find my comfort zone to kind of do my own little thing. I was a person that when I was in school, um, you know, I was in school, I would kind of do whatever I wanted to do. But then when it came down to trying to, you know, either go to the next grade or trying to graduate, I was a person that uh, as a child I was, you know, I was a class clown. Um, I, I wanted to be a comedian, so... I was a kid that would get a whole classroom in trouble, and then the teacher would give a pop quiz, and I'm the only person that passed the test. Um, I had issues. <laughs> I remember teachers, they they loved me, but they, they didn't understand. I I would do the homework, and I was had a rebellious spirit about me. I'd do the homework, do the te- do the homework, parents would watch me do the homework and I wouldn't turn the homework in. And I remember my parents saying, why aren't you turning in your homework, George? And I was like, well, I don't want to, you know, I, I'm like, I don't want people, you know, to think that I'm smart, you know? And uh, so, so there was some psychological things that were going on. And the reason why those things were going on was because of the perverted outlook or the perversion that was in the home. And what I mean by that is when you begin to think of people that are raised by fear instead of raised by love, but yet they're able to get the results, certain results, um, but the upbringing or the culture of the home is off, then the thing is the way that person sees themselves is completely off. To the place where as I begin to walk with God, it was almost like it was challenging because it was like, It seemed like the more my parents talked to me, it was like I had more conversations when I was in trouble than I was when I was not in trouble. Uh, the, the affection that was there, you know, it was like, uh, I heard, you know, you're gonna make me, you're gonna make me snap on you more than the fact that, you know, George, I'm really proud of you. George, I love you. To the place where, um, if, There wasn't this fear that was present. I found myself not really doing what it took to get to the next level. At the end at the beginning of every school year, they basically knew that the first month of the year of the school year I was gonna do pretty good. But then after a while I'm just gonna kinda slack off. And then I'll slack off up until around this time for Christmas and so that I didn't, you know, end up on Christmas break grounded in my room. I I I would try to, you know, get things up on the progress report just a little bit and then turn around and I kind of coast a little bit into the springtime. And then so that I didn't have to go to summer school, I would put the pressure back on and make sure that I did whatever I needed possible to do so that I could advance to the next level. Now, many of you in this room are like, man, that sounds like it doesn't even make sense. It makes more sense to just go ahead and just... If you can do that, just go ahead and just do it right the first time, and just go through the process the way that you're supposed to go through the process. And if you do that, then you're going to get results, and then you're not living with all the chaos. But I learned that when I came into the kingdom of God, that it was almost as if like if God wasn't writing me, or if God was not on the verge of, you know, you ever been in the service and the prophetic word comes through, or Uh, uh, um, or, you know, tongue of interpretation, you know, or the preacher gets up and he's preaching. He's like, get right or you're going to hell this weekend. It's like then all of a sudden it's like that's your key to go ahead and be like, all right, I done really messed up. I done really made God mad this time. He's truly talking about me. So now what happens is you get yourself into a position, into a place then now I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta live for God. I gotta do whatever God's telling me to do. I gotta, I, I've gotta, I've gotta put some stuff aside and get on fire for God again. What are you saying, Brother Hurt? As I was in the church, I began to realize that I didn't understand why God was showing me so much love. I didn't understand why God was so patient with me. I didn't understand why God was so merciful to me. It was like there was a part of me that was looking for God to kind of, you know, anybody ever raised in a house and maybe mom had a belt in my house. It was an extension cord. And they they gave it a name. (laughs) Some people's name is like, you know, Tony. Some of it is Butch. Some of it is... Motivation. (laughs) Anybody ever had a belt or an extension cord or a paddle named Motivation? (laughs) And basically, you know, when you couldn't get right, they pull out Motivation. And this was here to motivate you. And And if the teacher couldn't do it, if you're following the rules, couldn't do it, Motivation could get it done every single time. Motivation can get some stuff out of you. That you didn't even know was there. <laughs> so, what happens is you start dealing with that kind of motivation. It was almost like as if I only responded to fear more than my response to love. And there are people in this room this morning, I mean this afternoon, this evening, some of you are tormented. Your whole walk with God is out of course. Some of you right now are living in depression. Some of you are living in fear. Some of you right now are fearful that you're going to hell. And some of it is due to the fact of where you come from. Some of it is due to the fact of your upbringing. Sometimes it is a depiction that people have given you of who Jesus is. Do you see Jesus as one that wants to crucify you? Or do you see Jesus as the one that was crucified for you? What are you saying, Brother Hurt? See, the thing was, in the home, you know, mom and dad would say, you know, anybody ever, mom and dad just kind of gave you some mercy? just extended it a little bit and then they kind of let you know like like you got one more time like mercy in my house was different than mercy in God's house see the mercy in my house coming up it wasn't like you know son I, just, I love you and even though you you've done this I'm gonna be merciful to you Don't do it no more. You can do better than this. That didn't go down. Why? Because maybe it. Maybe they thought that, you know, I would take that as a sign of weakness <laughs> and go ahead and do the same thing over again. But when it comes down to God, God is, God's love for you is greater than this anger towards you. I am persuaded that God loves you more than he hates sin. That's why he was willing to send forth his son to die for you. But the issue is this, is that it took a long time for me to understand love because not only that when i came into the house of god when i first got the holy ghost i came in and my wife was (laughs) was doodling the other day Um, i can draw and i don't draw as much as i used to but every once in a while i just kind of just draw something you know just be doodling and my wife came she's like what is that you just drew i was like what does it look like (laughs) It was just something dumb, you know. And uh, she was like, "I was like, it looked. Cra- I was like, it looked crazy on it." She's like, "Yes." <laughs> I said, uh, "I probably. It pro- I was like, has it affected the way that you think about me now? You know?" And she started laughing. She's like, "She. She said, she said it probably looks something like that picture you drew in Bible class when you first got saved, and the bishop thought you was crazy. He was.'" teaching Bible class one day, and I was, you know, in the Bible class. A lot of people were taking notes, but I was drawing. And I'm drawing in Bible class, you know, with this picture, and uh, drawing this picture. He's preaching about the book of Revelation, so, you know, I've got something real good going on. And next thing you know, he comes to the back, and he's like, you know, I saw you. You're really taking up I'm really, you know, He's like, well, I I wasn't taking notes. I was like, I was drawing. And, um, you know, and he looked at me. He's like, really? I said, yeah, but I was like, I really feel like, you know, it may be some inspiration. It may be inspired. So he looks, I was like, you want to see it? And he was, (laughs) you know, like I said, you know, uh, I wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed when I first got the Holy Ghost. It took time. Everybody said it takes time. So don't be don't put too much pressure on yourself. Even though you feel as though you're in a race against time, eternity is on your side. So I showed the picture to the pastor, and I was like, here you go, look at it. And then what he's got he looks at it, and at that moment he probably felt like I had a devil. It shows this guy that is in this flame of fire and this humongous worm coming and trying to consume this guy. I mean, like, it looked like crazy torment. And I was like, well, you know, you were talking about, you know, the worm dies, not. And I I was like, I I just had a vision, so I, I, you know. I started, (laughs) started drawing what I saw. The pastor thought I was crazy, you know. Saints thought I was crazy. The people thought I was crazy. People thought that I was, mm, they were so used to dealing with people that were born and raised in church that they weren't used to seeing people come in and going through the process. that know nothing about this. I found that God was more merciful than the people of God were. Why? Because what happens is you're kind of used to people that are born and raised on apostolic pews. And when people are messed up and they come through and they get right, they're usually the descendants of saints that are on the pew. But nevertheless, the Lord began to deal with me about love. And it took me time, like I talked to you about in my testimony, it took me time that I began to realize when I was doing time that God loved me. And then what happened was it was like I I thought that, you know, one thing about fear is when you're serving fear, then it's like you've got to earn everything. But when you are loving, it's not something, trying to get God's affection is not something that you earn. It's something that's given to you. Why? Because love thinks not on the things of itself, but on the things of others. You've got a God that is not selfish, but he's selfless. He is willing to give himself to save you. What are you saying, Brother Hurt? It was like, you've got, for instance, the scripture says, it says charity Suffereth long. It's kind. Charity envieth not, it vaunteth not itself. It's not even it's not even puffed up. I remember as a child, mom used to say, stepmom used to say, you know, your own mother wasn't there. And I was there for you. And she, it would almost be as though that the love that she was giving was basically to kind of receive praise from a more than it was. Something that it it was almost as if like she wasn't giving it with the right motive. And there are people in this room that you're kind of used to dealing people that say that they love you, but their motive isn't right. They love you until you make them mad. They love you until you do wrong by them. They love you until you cross them. And the moment that you cross them, then the love that they have for you expires. Why? Because their love is on a contract basis. But love comes with no contract. Love says I deny myself. Love says I'm going to be there all the way to the end. Love never fails. Love is patient. We mean there are people right now that, that 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 you're stuck in places that God doesn't even remember anymore. I'm not saying you're in that sin anymore. I'm not saying that you're with that person anymore. I'm not saying that you're doing that thing anymore. But you have become trapped by the things that God doesn't even remember anymore. For the scripture says, I will remember your sins no more. He said, I will separate them as far as the east is from the west. He said, I won't remember them no more. But you're tormented by the things that God has forgotten. And the devil is trying to get you to forget the things that God remembers, and God has spoken. What do you mean? God remembers the blood that was shed. Christ remembers the stripes that He took. Christ remembers what He did on Calvary more than what He did for you on Calvary, more than what He took off of you. What are you saying, Brother Her? There's some people in this room tonight. That God says, I'm, I'm going I'm to deliver you from the spirit of torment. I'm going to deliver you from the spirit of fear. I'm going to deliver you from the spirit of confusion. Why? Because the Bible declares, in the last days, men's hearts should fail them for fear of things to come. I remember as a child, my father driving up at a pickup truck. And he drove home at 325 every morning, every I mean every day, right after we got home from school. And I didn't know what kind of day he was going to have. Now, I love my father. He's dead. He's gone. That's the only father, earthly father that I've ever had. I love him. He was not the best that he could have been, but he was my dad. That's what the Lord gave me, and I forgive him for all the things that he's ever done. If I could, I wish I could have him back. However, I remember my father pulling up. As my father would pull up, I would get real nervous because I didn't know what I did wrong that day. And I was always doing something wrong. I mean, I wasn't no angel. Trust me. I didn't go to prison for preaching. I mean, straight up. I I, I was trying to make money. I wasn't an angel. I didn't come in this world with an angel, with angel's wings. I probably came in with horns. But my father would come home, and because I was always in this stuff, something was always going on. And then sometimes I would hit that season where I'm trying to be good. Why? Because I don't want to be grounded the whole summer. So I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to get my stuff together but sometimes old stuff has a way of coming back and haunting you. And I was living in fear of old stuff coming back. Why? Because I saw my father as a disciplinarian and more than I saw him as, as, as a, as a As a nurturer. And to the place where I found myself, when I came to the house of God and I was listening to the word of God, I was listening to the word of God more with the mindset of, I know God's going to say something about me that he's not, that he doesn't like it was almost like I was standing and hearing and I was standing with the mentality that I was listening to a God that doesn't even like me. Why am I talking about this? Because there's some people in this room that maybe you're sick in your body and the devil has got this mindset in you. And the reason why you're remaining sick is because the enemy has convinced you that God is punishing you. Have you ever been to church and you've heard the preaching? Maybe in the beginning, maybe that's not your testimony, but there's a testimony of a few people in here that are struggling in their walk with God. And the reason why is because the enemy has convinced you that God hates you more than he loves you. Why? Because you've got to understand what love is. See, the Bible says that love suffereth long. If God wanted to kill you that bad, you'd be dead already. You, you would be dead already. And trust me, there's been enough that every person in this room has done just today. Just yesterday. There's enough that you've done yesterday that could have put you in hell. You say, Brother Hurt, how can you say that? The Bible says his mercies are made new every morning. You don't give mercy to where mercy isn't needed. If you woke up this morning because you wasn't right. I know that might mess up some of you self-righteous folks theology, but I'm telling you, if God woke you up this morning, it's because you ain't right. (laughs) You talking about I'm ready to see Jesus. No, you ain't. (laughs) Oh, you ain't. Because if you was ready, you wouldn't be here. The devil don't lie to you. You you talk talking all that stuff. You go ahead, go see them all you want. I'll wait right here till my change comes. <laughs> so what happens is you've got people that, that that are you're tormented. Like we said, fear is one of the spirits that we see in the end time. The Bible says men's hearts fail them. You ever seen anybody go rush to the hospital because of heart failure? Congestive heart failure. They start getting blockage. Fear will begin to clog your arteries. Fear will clog your arteries to the place where there's no blood flow. Fear will cut off the blood in your life. Fear will make you feel like the blood of Jesus is not flowing in your life anywhere. To the place where you see the destruction and you see the death, but you don't see the blood. What are brother? How many of you got fear that's operating in this end time? The Bible says, when the son of man appear, shall he find faith on earth? the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. But then there's another place in the scripture dealing with the end time. It says, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Now, I hear faith. I see love. And I see fear. And right now, there are people that are battling. With fear. And whenever there's a a presence of fear abounding in your life, it's because there's an absence of love flowing through your mind. Where fear is abounding in your life, it's because love is dying somewhere. And if fear is there and it's abounding, sometimes it's because your understanding of love has been twisted. The enemy has convinced you that God doesn't love you. See, when people heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, people were coming out of all their sin, coming out of their false religions. And listen, folks, you know, people come to Jesus for all kinds of stuff today. Folks like, you know, pastor, my rent is due. I need to pay my bills. And folks come in and get baptized, because somebody testified that Jesus would pay your bills. <laughs> I mean, folks be like, you know, I'm you ready to go to court. <laughs> I need the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you know, folks, go get the Holy Ghost. You know, <laughs> the reason why I went got the, baptized, got baptized, got the I was wanted, <laughs> <laughs> and they said that Jesus could make a way out of no way. He's a lawyer in the courtroom. I didn't want no public pretender, so I needed Jesus. a Public defender, I'm sorry. <laughs> he said he's a lawyer in the courtroom, you know. I started hearing scriptures that the heart of the king is in the hand of God. He could turn it. I mean, he need, I needed him on my side. Lord, touch the heart of the judge. <laughs> But nevertheless, there are people that are battling fear, fear, fear on the news, fear with sickness, fear with war, fear with government, fear with riots, fear with race wars, fear, 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 fear fear you're going to lose your job. Fear you're gonna lose your house. Fear you're not gonna get your Medicaid. Fear this, fear that, fear this. Why? Because when you become when you become mesmerized by fear, you lose focus off the love of God. Love is not a strong emotion. That was a song, wasn't it? I think it was. Love is, not a, love is not a strong emotion. Stay focused, George. It's not a strong emotion. But love is, God is love. love. is Love is an action. Love is something that you do. Love is something that you give. Love is something that you present. Love is not something that you just harness on the inside. Love comes with an agreement. Love is defined, not by earth, but love is defined by heaven. When God says that I love you, it is not like man loves you. Do you love me? Yeah, I love you, baby. No. That ain't the kind of love that God's coming with. He is a... He is a God of love that comes with obligation. And listen, God's not flesh. God's spirit. I remember somebody was, you know, as a child, I'm like, you know, mama, I'm in love with her. She's like, boy, you don't know what love is. That's just your flesh. Well, God's love isn't perverted. Why? Because God isn't flesh. God is spirit. And listen, the Bible says God exalts his own word even above his own name. God loves his own word above his own name. What do you mean? God loves what is written. God loves what is spoken. God loves his own word. What do you mean, Brother Hurt? This is the reason why in this final hour, the Bible says in the book of Thessalonians, because they did not receive a love for the truth. God gave them over to a strong delusion. We saying, I'm saying, we've got to love the very thing that God loves. If God loves His Word, you love His Word. If God loves souls, you love souls. Amen. Somebody, you will never be able to fight fear, hating what God loves. You will never be able to fight fear ignoring what God loves. If you, you know, if you you if you will love God, see the thing is what makes the marriage work in our house is we both love God. Amen, somebody. Right, because there's some times where Sister Heard has probably been like, you know, Lord, I need your help. <laughs> I need I need, you know, there's been some times she's probably had to just go, you know, I just I just need to go pray through. love love cast out fear now the reason why I'm talking about this is because the thing is we understand that God loves us and the gospel of Jesus Christ people were coming out of false religions people were coming out of all kind of stuff just by hearing a message that God loved them. What do you mean? If, if you go over into other countries, you, go into, you know, I remember I was in Thailand and there was a woman that was sitting outside, downtown, with this statue. And she was bringing these offerings to the statue. And I mean, she was weeping, she was wailing, she was crying and everything. And you know what? That statue... Wouldn't do anything for I remember being in India and you see folks that could barely feed their own family. You, 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 you go and you see little temples all over the place. You can't even go a mile without finding a temple. Temples of this God, temple to that God, temple to this God, temple to that God. And what'll happen is you'll see them trying to earn The love of these false gods. See, there's something even in idolatry that lets you know that there was an offense that took place between God and man. But the thing is, in idolatry, they make you feel like you can earn the love of God. But in truth, it's not something that you earn. It's either he loves you or he doesn't. In idolatry, you've got to do things to redeem yourself. But in truth, Christ redeems you. He brings redemption to you. So when Paul would go into these places and he would preach, it was like, we, we, we serve the, this is the God of Israel. There's, there's only one God. You don't have to please multiple gods. You don't have to please multiple, multiple deities. There's only one. And as they would begin to pursue that one, and they would say, not only, uh, uh, yes, there, there, there's been sin, and yes, you have done things against God, but can I tell you that there is a remedy for your sin? Jesus has been sent as a sacrifice to purchase your salvation. So therefore, he's not going to require your blood, but now he has shed the blood of his own son That was a spotless lamb. So therefore, he has brought redemption to you. When the people heard it and they found out that not only did they heard it, but they realized that they didn't have to do anything to get this love. But the sacrifice was a display of God's affection and love for humanity. The people ran. Towards that message. Why? Because they were coming out of idolatrous worship and coming out of places of gods that did not love them. Why? Because see the thing is maybe that God said that they loved them but God would display what true love is. It says love is kind. Charity envieth not, it vaunteth not itself, it's not puffed up, doesn't behave itself unseemly, doesn't seek its own, seek not our own, is not easily provoked, think not on evil, rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believe all things, hope all things, it endures all things. But the thing is, we know that God loves us. But if the enemy could, he would try to hinder us from loving God if you're not if you want to fail at loving God, be persuaded that God hates you or not understand that God loves you. Live in condemnation, live with a a guilty conscience, live in despair of things that are dead live bound to some things that mom and dad put on you or things that that the devil has put on you stay in front of your television and be consumed with all this stuff that is being bombarded down your throat and you're going to be wrestling with loving god you saying brother hurt the gospel of jesus christ is, 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 is the message of God's love for humanity. That message should ring louder in your heart than any other message that you get on the news, any other message that you get on television, any other message that you see on social media. Your it should do something on the inside of you. Praise the Lord that in you come in contact with something that may not may be something you might not like. Praise the Lord. That still should not shake you, but you still should say, I, I, I still have an anchor. I love the Lord. He promised to be with me all the way through the end, all the way into the end of the world. I've got a God that loves me. He saying, brother hurt. When was the last time you stayed up meditating on how much God loves you? Then surfing the internet for how much this world hates you. I'm telling you, you probably would live in less fear if you would quit trying to research the Illuminati and start researching the love of God. What are you saying, Brother Hurt? Because there's some people that know more about what's going on in darkness than what's going on in the light. If you're going to redeem them out of darkness, you've got to be in the light. You've got to, you've got to be in the light. You've got to shine a light. You've got to know what the Spirit of God is saying. Why am I saying this, Brother Hurt? Because there's a place in the Scripture where the Bible says, by this men shall know That you are my disciples. For you shall have love one to another. If I love God and I'm persuaded that God loves me, that love will change me. It is impossible to be persuaded by the love of God and not be able to persuade the others concerning that same love. That love works. That love does something. That love will produce something in your life. That love will cause you to do something. Love won't cause you just to drive past a homeless person. You know, folks. You know, you you, you drive. You know, you drive leaning to the right to the left. But then when you see that sign come up, now all of a sudden, now you you're not even left-handed. <laughs> You're right-handed. You've been driving to the right all your life until you come in contact with somebody that needs something. Now, all of a sudden, you've got to change your position. I want you to ask God, Lord, Lord, I want a heart of a son. Not the heart of some servant, but the heart of a son. Someone, praise the Lord, that that, that actually has the heartbeat of his father. Someone that actually knows that his father loves him. Not a son that feels like he's got to try to earn the love of his father. See, a child that tries to earn the love of his father will never be able to please his father. Why? Because if, if it ain't love, then it's not, it's flesh. If it's not love, then you're gonna have fear. And if you, it, think about it. There are people in this room right now. You, you, you've either been in a relationship or you know someone that's been in a relationship where they feel like they've gotta earn the love of the person. Does a relationship ever produce anything? No. It usually falls apart. Why? Because you can't make that person happy if you've got to try to prove the love. If you've got to try to prove yourself to that person to earn the love and the affection. Listen, if you've got to earn the love, ain't no love there. Love is not something that you earn. Love is something that is given. Love is something that comes directly from God. You cannot earn the love of God. You can only receive the love of God. And if you will receive it, you will do something with it. So the Lord tells the church, he said, by this, men shall know that you're my disciples. For you shall have long hair. Long skirt. Shirt and tie. I'm a holy roller. That's how they're going to know you are his disciple because you talk in tongues. Because you got apostolic. Bumper sticker. You got an Acts 238 license plate. Because you're holy. Listen. The Bible says people will know that you are His disciples. Because of the love that you have one to another. See, when love starts flowing vertically, then it can't help but burst out horizontally. I I don't want to just be a recipient of love. I want to be a distributor of love. I want to be a conduit where love is able to flow in every area of my life, in every relationship of my life. Why? Because love has relationship. You know, somebody's like, man, I love french fries. You don't love french fries. Why? You, you just, why? Because you, you if you love the french fry, you wouldn't eat it. I know some folks that love some stuff, you know. You you know, grandma, you go over grandma's house. Don't you you know, grandma, you got some new furniture. Yeah, baby, I got some new furniture at the house. You come on over and get on over. Don't you sit down now on my furniture. Grandma, won't you take the plastic? Don't you, don't you sit down on my good furniture. I'm mean, gonna keep this good furniture for the next fifty years. Grandma love her furniture. Because right? she's taking good care of the furniture. She won't even sit on it. She'd let the furniture sit on her before she sit on the furniture. <laughs> love comes with obligation. When 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 you love God, when God loves you, he shows it through Christ. He gave himself for you. See, the thing is, love, the gospel is the problem with what's going on and that God's going to deliver us from is that the gospel has only been reaching our minds. It's touching our minds, but not our hearts. We want to, we want to, we want we, 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 listen. You can be touched in the mind or pricked in the heart. Where there's something where it's like, see, the thing is, we don't, you know, in this hour, in, in this hour, people... You know, people have been told what love is so many different times that people don't even want to fool with love. People feel like if you're, if you love, then you're vulnerable. They look at loving as almost a threat. Like if you love something, then, then, then if I love her or if I love him, then I'm dropping my guard and I'm putting myself in a position to be hurt. And so that I won't be hurt. I refuse to love. I will have strong affection for you. But to love, no. Because love requires me to drop my guard. But when you understand that you love God because he first loved you, See, you're not serving a bad God. You're serving a good God. He's a wonderful God. He's a mighty God. He's an all-knowing God. He's a father. He's a prince. He's a prince of peace. He's a good God. And, and, And the thing is, God is not just good, but God is truth. And what's going on is you've got this thief right here. That wants to convince you that God is a liar. Now you say, no, I know God's not a liar. You say that in your mind, but not in your heart. Why? Because what's going on is we've learned how to try to serve him with our minds instead of serving him with all of our hearts. Anybody ever been like, the mind is like, you can dunk. You can dunk. You can do this. Find out that you your mind will get you in trouble. You ever met somebody they thought they could fight? Find out they couldn't. They had the mind of a fighter, but not the heart of one. You got to have, you got to let this love of God begin to get a hold of your heart. Listen, you're not going to be safe without it. Fear alone is not going to get the job done. There has to be. See the thing is, you know, I remember when me and my fr- wife first started talking. I called one of my friends. I said, "Man, man, I, you know, man, I don't know what's going on with me, man. You know, I was still a little rough around the edges, but I was on fire for God, I loved God, but I was still a little rough." And I was like, "Man, I was like, man, this this this, this Natasha girl, man." He's like, what's going on, George, man? She good, she good? I'm like, man, she making me soft, man. I ain't liking this, man. Going out, walking around, and the stars and stuff, man, man. <laughs> <laughs> she making me soft. Love will make you do strange things. And see, what I was wrestling with was pride. Because see, love will leave you broken. Love will make you vulnerable. Love will make you give yourself. But when you love God, not with the t- the of trying to earn this love. But after you have begun to think about how good he is and think about not just about he pays my bills and he, he bought me a brand new car and all that stuff. No. You got folks out there that do that for a lot less. The sacrifice if you, if the devil can get you to minimize Christ, he can maximize the devils in your life. If the enemy can get you to minimize the sacrifice, then he can get you to maximize every attack, every strong thing that comes into your life. But when you can magnify that thing, I heard the scripture say oh magnify the lord with me and let us exalt his name together when you magnify god no giant is a match for a magnified god No lion is a match for a magnified God. No bear is a match for a magnified God. The reason why David was able to conquer the bear and the lion and the giant was because God was already magnified in his heart. Saul could not touch Saul could not touch the giant because because Saul had not magnified God in his heart. Saul had magnified himself in his heart. But when you know how good God is, when you know how great God is, when you know that you are loved of God, David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. He said, his praises shall continually be in my mouth. He said, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt. David knew something about God that Saul did not know. David David knew that God loved him, but Saul felt like he had to earn the love of God but can I tell somebody the day that God loves you with an undying love you know there are people in church Paul made the statement he said I don't want to know anything among you except Jesus Christ him crucified you know you go to churches where the preacher is a teacher. No, not just teachers. If the if the preacher can preach or teach the house down. And folks are getting an appetite. Like he, they're not, you know, he's not preaching Daniel and the lion's den every weekend. But people are hearing me. I've seen it where people... In church, they've been living for God for a while. Now, all of a sudden, the gospel is old to them. I I, I need something, a little bit more meat with that. I need some meat with my potatoes. Really? I need some potatoes with my meat. Really? Why? Because, see, the thing is you like the delivery of preaching. You don't. You fall in love with the delivery and fell out of love with the deliverer. There would be no delivery if there wasn't a deliverer. There would be no delivery if there was no message. What are you saying? Tell them I want you to love each other. So when I get this vertical love. I'm loving him as a response of his love to me. When I, when this, when there's a realization that he loves me, there's something that takes place on the inside of me. You want to live in guilt all of your life? Live like he doesn't love you. You're not going to stop sinning if you don't find out that he loves you. You're not going to stop living in bitterness if you don't find out that he loves you. You're not going to be able to forgive. Everything flows from the love of God. That's why Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It was that same gospel that got people out of their sick bed. It's that same message that got people out of their graves. It's that same message that at the end of time, folks are going to get up out of the grave. Why? Because before they were transformed by the spirit, before they're transformed in that day, they were transformed by the message. You got to understand that before God sends the spirit, he sends a message first you mean what do you mean brother Hurd? before Jesus showed up the Lord sent a messenger called John the Baptist he wasn't the light but he came to bear witness of the light he was a forerunner of Jesus Christ listen if you're not going to receive John you're not going to receive Jesus If you're going to be raptured up, you've got to receive this message the right way. If you're going to see the glory, you've got to fall in love with the king of glory. So I fall in love with Christ. When I fall in love with Christ, you know, falling in love with Christ is not like falling in love with Junebug. Or Leroy or Hampton, whatever his name is. Falling in love with Jesus Falling in love with the one that is the lover of your soul, the creator of all the universe, the, 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 the lover of all mankind, the one that created the heaven and the earth. That's the one you're falling in love with. The one that has all power in his hand. The one that said from the foundation of the world, I slayed a lamb. The one that declares the end from the beginning, that's the one you're falling in love with. And when you fall in love with the creator, he creates in you a clean heart. He renews the right spirit in you. When you fall in love with the Creator, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away and all things are made new. Listen, if there's not something being made new in you, you gotta check your love button. You gotta say, Lord, maybe I'm in love too much with this world. Lord, help me to fall in love with you. It should not be that when you die, you're trying to hold on to this world. It should be that every day you wake up, you're trying to get a hold of heaven. I'm trying to leave this world behind. I'm not. No, I'm not trying to stay out. Let me go. I want more of Him. I want to see my King. I want to see my Maker. My soul yearns for the day that I can see Him face to face. I'm talking about somebody that's ready to leave this world behind. I'm talking about somebody that's ready to leave this place. Well, you know, I I I I want to I want to be able, you know, I want to be able to go to the Grand Canyon. I want to be able to go to Jerusalem. Listen, if I don't I go to new I go to Jerusalem, praise the Lord in the millennial reign. I I go there when they ain't tripping, praise the Lord. I'll go there after everything has been done. There's nothing in this world worth losing your soul over. There's nothing in this world delaying the time clock in your heart to desire to see Jesus. Have you ever went to sleep and said, Lord, uh, if you take me tonight, Lord, i would be grateful. Lord God, I just yearn for you. Have you ever just drove down the street, praise the Lord, uh, designed for the Lord? I just want to see just a glimpse of what you've got for me. I just want to see a glimpse of your face. Uh, I just want to thankful Lord for the new house I'm thankful Lord for the new car but can I tell you the new car is not a replacement for what my soul yearns for there's a burning desire on the inside to want to see you I'm thirsty for you I'm hungry for you and I'm pursuing you with everything I've got with every fiber of my being and I live without you, and I refuse to die without you. You should go ahead and praise them, sister. Go ahead and shout a little bit. That little baby over there shouting. You saying, brother, her, she don't know what she's shouting about. Listen, John the Baptist was in the womb of Elizabeth. And when he heard the salutation of Mary, the Bible said the baby leaped within the womb. Don't tell me that babies don't know who you're talking about. Don't tell me because when John the Baptist was in the womb of his own mama, he leaped in the womb and God baptized him in the power of the Holy Ghost. Don't you underestimate The response of people when they hear that Jesus uh, is in the building. Uh, When Jesus comes in the building, uh, sick bodies are healed. Uh, When Jesus comes in the building, uh, people get up out of their graves. Uh, When Jesus comes in the building, uh, strongholds are broken. Don't underestimate the response uh, of babies when Jesus comes in the building. Hallelujah. We sing songs today that are centered around us more than centered around him. We sing about mansions on earth more than we sing about mansions in the sky. We sing about our haters and what our haters said about us. More than we actually sing about, oh, I want to see him and look upon his face. Is there anybody that wants to see him? Is there anybody in this room that truly wants to see him? I don't want to see you just because times are bad. I want to see you when things are good. I want to see you when I'm on the mountaintop, and I want to see you when I'm in the valley. It don't take hell for me to want to see you. Lord, I want to see you when everything is going fine and dandy in my life. Why? Because when I compare who you are to where things are here on this earth, it's not compared to where you're taking me to. Paul said, I'm persuaded that the suffering." of this present time. He said it's not even worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us uh, when Jesus Christ comes back for his church. Uh, can I tell you, church, uh, we don't have a Savior that just left here. He's coming back. Uh, he's coming back, church. Uh, he's coming back on a swift cloud. Uh, he's coming back, and when he comes back, church, uh, the Bible says that dead in Christ uh, are going to rise first, uh, and we which are alive and remain, Got to love them. Die. They died in the faith. Be seated. We've got to love God, but that's just not it. The Bible says love the Lord your God with all thy heart, mind, heart, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor. Hold on. Love the Lord your God with all thy mind, is it? Heart, soul, and strength. Listen, it's no good just to love them with your heart, but not love them with your strength. Sometimes we try to love them with our strength, but not with all of our heart. And God's like, there is a proper way. There's a, listen, there are rules to love. And man is not the one that determines those rules. God does. Love comes with obligations. And because your love for God is because he loved you first. Your love is a response of a perfect love that comes from God. So he is the one that will dictate how you're going to love him. And just because what you're giving, you say is comfortable with you, doesn't mean that's comfortable with God. What do you mean, Brother Hurt? That's like Cain getting mad at God. Because he did give God a sacrifice. But he slewed his brother. Why? Because his brother gave God what he wanted. Cain gave God. Sacrifice and he wanted God just to accept it. Abel was giving God what he desired, Cain gave God what he desired. That's not what love is. Love is not giving what you want, love is giving what he wants. And if you're going to love him, you must love your brother. You, you can't tell me you love Jesus and hate your brother. You can't tell me you love Jesus and hate your neighbor. You can't tell me you love Jesus and slander or talk about your brother and sister in the Lord. You say, well, I don't, I don't talk about the past. I don't be the... No, you might not. But the pastor ain't the only member of the body. The Bible says if you if you offend the least of one of these, it'd be better than a millstone to be hung around your neck. I mean, now that's graphic. Love. He's like I want you to love your neighbor as yourself. I know we live in a world where people like you can't love nobody until you love yourself first. That's not what the Bible says. Loving yourself is perversion. <laughs> love doesn't love itself. Love denies itself. You love the Lord your God with all thy heart, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You know mean what you would do for yourself, do for your neighbor. What you would want for yourself, want for your neighbor. And see, the thing was, the reason why they said that these were disciples of Christ was because there was a culture and environment of people that came together and they were all selfless. Even to the place where when it came down to them having to go back into the prayer room and the Lord filled them with the Holy Ghost again. The Bible says that they then had all things as common. When the pressure of this world kicked in, and they said, "If you preach or teach anything anymore in Jesus' name, we're gonna kill y'all." They went. They didn't go. They didn't go in social distance. Like saints, you know. You know, if it would have been some of these twenty twenty saints, was you know, pastor, we, we, we got to use some wisdom now. <laughs> you, you know what they're talking about out there? They talking about they're gonna kill us if we preach or teach anymore in Jesus' name. My, my baby's got to go to college. Your your, your babies need to go to heaven. I know some folks might not like it, but it's the truth anyhow. When did college become the final destination? So what did they do? Went into a prayer room. You know what? They didn't they didn't call a conference. They didn't get on Zoom. We're gonna pray online today. No. They came together and said we need to get a hold of God. We need to get a hold of God, church. I'm telling you, there's some things that are coming on in this world right now, and we need to get a hold of God. We need to have some prayer meetings and more prayer meetings and more prayer meetings and more prayer meetings. Not just for the sake of having prayer, but for the sake of God coming down. See, they prayed until God showed up. We pray until the time is up. Bible didn't say how long they prayed. Just because it was only one scripture, you think that one, they they, they prayed for one minute. It, it happened in this scripture and that scripture. No, that scripture might have been that from there. There might have been, you know, 10 hours. Might have been 24 hours. I don't know. But they didn't leave the prayer room until something happened. That was able to take them through that season. The Bible says when, it, when it's over with and done. They had all things coming. Do you have enough selflessness? that in the, I'm telling you. There's going to come a time when saints are not going to be able to buy ourselves. There's going to come a time with that. And when that time comes, are you going to be selfish? Are you going to be selfish? Are you going to be selfless? See, the thing is, God's looking for people right now. Not only did they have all things in common, but the Lord did even greater miracles and greater works. You can't have selflessness like that without love. When the enemy brings in fear, it is to try to divide love. They came into the room to get a hold of God. So they get a rebaptism of the Holy Ghost. And when they did that, their love for God increased. When their love for God increased, it gave them authority over fear. And when the body's love for God increases, their love for each other increases. When their love for each other increases, then there's a spirit of selflessness that gets a hold of them. And there's a spirit of giving that gets a hold of them. We don't like that word, but, but, but I'm telling you that with all of that came a greater dimension of miracles. The Bible says that the Lord worked through them with great exploits and did greater signs and great, did greater went miracles and did greater works. And the Bible says that the boldness that they had, it increased. You want a greater boldness? You need a greater love. Don't tell me you want a greater boldness and a boldness in your ministry without getting a greater love for your brother and sister in the Lord. Don't tell me you want a greater boldness without a greater love. Listen, love will bring forth a greater boldness. But if you've only got boldness with no love, then you will demand worship. You will be sitting in the congregation of the saints declaring yourself to be God. It's like insecure people using their ministry to gain their own identity. Why? Because they're insecure. So what happens is they hide behind their ministry and they demand worship from the body. Talking about how to get the miracles Flowing like your money is. How to get this thing to be a part of our culture that we do not just when we're in this building. But it flows outside of this building. They loved. They loved the Lord your God. When you love the Lord your God with all your heart. Mind, heart, soul, strength. Then you know what happens? There's going to be, he's going to fill that thing. And there's going to be an overflow. And next thing you know, it's going to be more than enough that is needed for the people that you come in contact with. Love will do something. See, love doesn't fail. So what happens? He tells them, he said, by this men shall know that you're my disciples. Because you're going to have love one to another. Listen, church, we're in an hour where there will be a false prophet and an antichrist. It will come on the scene one day that will be able to deceive nations and deceive the world with false signs, false miracles. And church, I'm persuaded that true love in the body will produce the miraculous. But there has to be selflessness, you say. The scripture declares it says for in Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision. But faith which worketh by love. We've had we've learned how to have faith without love. We've learned how to have faith without love. But if you work with the love, the faith that worketh by love, your faith won't fail. What God is trying to do is he's trying to keep people in this hour. From man's hearts fell in them for fear of things to come. Love of many waxing cold because iniquity shall about. Or the Bible says when Jesus Christ comes back, shall there be faith here on earth. There should be a connection between your love and your faith your love it should be that you love God so much that you can't help but give him faith why because faith is what's pleasing God you're not walking in faith just for the sake of ministry or walking in faith for just the sake of trying to make it to heaven you're walking in faith because everything I'm doing is because that's what pleases God see my obedience and my faith to the scripture or my faithfulness is because I'm giving something back to God God is moved by faith God is pleased by faith. And if I I love God then I'm not going to think on the things of myself but on the things that pleases God so therefore I walk by faith not just so that I can live but I walk by faith because that's the way God wants me to live I live by faith because that's what God's pleased with I cast out devils because that's what God desires I believe God for miracles because that's what God wants I'm moving by faith faith is what pleases God see God is not the God doesn't just love you, but God loves everybody that's around you. And when you fall in love with God, you can't help but love everybody that's around you. When you are yet enemies of God, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. God loves you just like he loves your neighbor. God loves your neighbor just like he loves you. God loves your enemy just like he loves you. Praise the Lord. So therefore, I'm going to love my enemy. Why? Because me loving my enemy, please Jesus God. And when I begin to love my enemy, then I'm exposing my enemy to God and when I expose my enemy to God, my love for my enemy begins to transform my enemy and the transformation of my enemy brings glory to God. I'm telling somebody in this church today that God wants to give you a baptism of love. God said I know that there's fear in this hour but if you would get a hold of the horns of the altar and say Lord I want you Lord I desire you Lord I love you I feel like my love is waxing dim but Lord I want to turn the heat up on my love can I tell you there will be a fire that will fall in this church there will be a fire that will fall in this building there will be a fire that will fall in your family Not just talking about faith. Just that measure of faith. You know, the Bible says that God has given all men a measure. I'm not just talking about that measure of faith. I'm not talking about that faith, the grain of a mustard seed. I'm not talking about the gift of faith. See, the gift of the prophet is subject to the prophet. However, God desires for the prophet to be subject to the spirit that gave him the gift. See, there's an order. But there are people that actually operate out of order. The gift functions in order and out of order. if you're going to have intimacy with God relationship with God God is a God of order anything out of order is confusion in which he's not the author of when people function out of order that's when people step in the witchcraft but nevertheless there's an order that God wants to bring and God never you know there's some people that are like you know I want to be activated. There, there are people, I don't know how it is here, but back home, you got folks that, that they will leave a church because that church over there, they, 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 they're having a little bit more miracles. And, and, and I just want to be, I want to be activated. So people just kind of bounce around and go to places because they're trying to maybe enhance their ministry instead of enhance a relationship. If you have relationship, you will do ministry. It's like me and my wife, we've got a family. And due to our relationship with each other, that determines her taking care of her part when it comes down to the family. Just like vice versa with me. There's an obligation, but there's an order. I don't want my wife, you know, To just fry me bacon just because, you know, I'm just, you know, just because I'm just in the house. I mean, now there might be some times you might get upset and I I appreciate the times you you do fry the bacon. (laughs) Because sometimes people might not be so lovable. I mean, she's always lovable, but sometimes I'm I can be a piece of work sometimes every once in a while. I'm the best thing that ever happened to you outside Jesus, ain't I? You better say yeah. You better shake that. She's laughing. But no, nevertheless. Nevertheless, there's an order. What God wants to do is he wants us to quit trying to activate stuff and start walking in it. But there will be a flow if your heart is right. And that flow will be found in love. What are you saying, Brother Hurt? I'm saying, I'm talking about loving God in such a way that your next step and your motives for what you do is always centered because you want to do this because you love God and you know that God will be pleased by this. If you do this, I believe that God will heal you and heal through you. If you will respond to his word and obedience, not just out of fear, but out of love, you will have faith. And right now in this hour, church, there's a lot of stuff that's fighting, a lot of confusion that's going on. But can I tell you, The Lord said, I didn't give you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. God wants to make you sound, but he wants to increase your love, to lift your hands towards heaven. Because when love increases, everything comes in. Hallelujah. When love increases, everything comes in. The kingdom comes when love increases for God, when love increases for your brother and sister. Miracles come in, they just begin to flow. Come on, it gets the spirit of competition out of the church. When people begin to love, the spirit of insecurity leaves the people. When people begin to love, come on, in the name of Jesus tonight, God, I want you more than anything, God. Lord, I want to love you, Lord, like you desire to be loved, Lord. I want to love my brothers and sisters in the Lord like you're calling for, Lord. Come on, that's it tonight, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's it, talk to him. Oh, God, search my heart, Lord. Search my heart, Lord. Take stuff out of me, Lord, tonight. There are times, Natasha, I need you to close your ears. Put your finger in your ears. Make sure you're not, I want you to please try not to hear this, all right? Seriously, be honest. There are times where I put money in front of my wife. I put it in certain places where I know she will probably grab it and she'll spend it. And I do that because I like for her not to just ask me for money, but I like for her to know that the money's there. Now, some of you are like, well, you got her ear, hand, finger in the ear. <laughs> but no, there's times where I, I want her to know that the money's there and that because it's mine, It's hers. And if I put it in close proximity and there's a need, she doesn't have to call me to spend it. But she can have it. Why? Because what's mine is hers. There are people that healing will be sitting right on you. Natasha, Isaac, go ahead and get her. There are people God has miracles sitting on you right now. Isaac, don't you tell him nothing. (laughs) You know. But there are people that God, the miracle is right there. Right there, right in front of you. As a matter of fact, It's already been done. He's just ready for you to reach out and just grab it. Instead of having to feel like you've got to ask for permission. When healing is the children's bread, you're going to make your children ask for permission every time they want a piece of bread. Healing is the children's bread. If you need a healing in your body, sometimes all you got to do is just receive it. Just like you would receive it if you asked. All you got to do is just receive that right now. You don't even have to war sometimes. God's trying to bring you to a place of peace. Peace in your mind. Peace in your spirit. Peace in your heart. Why? Because you know who you are. And you know that you, who are you? You're loved of God. You are his child. You are his son. He has adopted you. You are his. Come on. You're not an orphan. You have been adopted. He has put His spirit on the inside of you. Everything that He shed blood for, He he shed His blood for your sins. He took His stripes for your healing. You can receive that right now. But it's more better to give than it is to receive. I want to love you in such a way, Lord God, that I can walk to people and say, silver and gold I have not, but such as I have, give I unto thee, take up thy bed and walk. Come on, it's like it's like the it's like the wife that's driving down the street and she sees the money right there in the center console, and, and there's a homeless guy out there. She doesn't call the husband and say, "Hey, can I give this?" No, what's mine is his, and what's his is mine. And 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 then she reaches down and she sticks her hand out the window and meets the need. Listen, God would not be mad if He used you to meet somebody else's need. God would not be mad. Listen, I'm telling you, if we can get a hold of this in this hour, we're going to be ahead of the game. If we can get a hold of this in this hour, church, if you can get a hold of this in this hour, God will make you the lender and not the borrower. God will put you in a position of distribution, come on, come on, you got to understand, praise the Lord, that if Joseph would have been angry with his brothers, he never would have been able to be in the seat of authority that he was, God said, I will reposition you when you will reposition the bitterness out of your heart, tonight, you're going to forgive some people, tonight, you're going to just say, you know what, I'm going to lay aside every weight, every sin that does so easily beset me, I'm letting this stuff go praise the lord the lord loves me and i'm gonna love you too why because when i compare the offenses and things that i've done against god versus the things that god that the things that you've done but yet god has forgiven me praise the lord the offenses that you have brought against me praise the lord is not even compared to the offenses that god has forgiven me of and because of that because god's loved me so much and his love for me and his removal of the offense in my life has transformed my life I'm going to transform the way that I'm going to respond to your offense I forgive you I'm going to let this go come on I'm telling you church if we would begin to do that there will be a flow that will come into this church Uh, there will be an anointing that will come into this room Uh, come on I'm talking about a provision that will come down from heaven Uh, I'm talking about a deliverance that will come down from heaven come on we want this thing to flow on the horizontal, praise the Lord we want it from the vertical, praise God uh, but as you begin to reinforce that vertical, come on let it begin to bust out of the seams and let it begin to flow horizontally praise the Lord, uh, I'm talking about an anointing, praise God that will destroy yokes uh, I'm talking about a healing that will flow through this room, uh, Will you saying Lord, I will be willing to do whatever my brother or sister needs uh, if there is a need, praise God I'm going to be there, I will mourn with those that mourn, I will rejoice with those that rejoice. Uh, Come on, in the name of Jesus, we're going to help bear the infirmities of the weak. Praise God. Uh, Praise the Lord. We're not going to just walk past people. We're not going to look down on people, but we're going to lift people up. Uh, We're not going to know each other after the flesh, uh, but we're going to know each other after the spirit. Uh, We're not going to see people how they were when they came in, uh, but we're going to Look at them for how they're going to be when they leave here. Listen church, you got to see the glory of God on their life. Come on, in the name of Jesus, I'm talking about somebody in this room that will say, Lord, I'm going to lay aside everything. I'm going to lay aside what this person said. I want there to be unity. I'm telling you church, there's a unity that's coming to this church. There's a unity that is coming to this people. There's a unity that is coming to this region. Come on in the name of Jesus. Why? Because my love for you is not based upon how you look at me. My love for you is not based upon what you can do for me. My love for you is not based upon you not offending me. I'm going to love you when you offend me. I'm going to love you through the offense. I'm going to love you all the way back to life. Come on in the name of Jesus. I'm talking about where Miracles happen. I'm talking about where the spirit of love is so strong in this church. Somebody comes in here with cancer and cancer dies because of the anointing that flows to this church. There are times where your faith will fail you. There's times where your gift might fail you, but love never fails. My where you can get uh, your faith back in and working by love. Uh, Church, can I tell you that your faith will not fail. Uh, Do you understand the Bible says uh, under Peter, he said, Peter, he said, I prayed, uh, praise the Lord, he said, the devil uh, has desired to sift you as weed. Uh, He said, but I pray uh, that your faith fail not. Uh, Church, can I tell you that you can fail but if you got a love, praise the Lord, uh, and you're allowing that faith to be back by love. You can fall down and you can get right back up. Why? Because your soul is determined that you're going to love the Lord. Your mind is made up that you're going to love the Lord. Come on in the name jesus uh, if you're holding anything over somebody's life uh, whether it's in this room or out of this room uh, i want you to stand up right now if you're biting, if you're fighting bitterness uh, if you're fighting some anger on the inside i want you to stand up right now why because god wants to deliver you tonight uh, god wants to deliver you tonight uh, lord i'm gonna let the offense go i'm gonna let the bitterness go i'm gonna let the hatred go Come on i'm gonna let it go come on in the name of jesus uh, i am persuaded that if we can get the bitterness out of the church uh, we can get the unity in the church uh, if we can get the unity in the church uh, the love will begin to flow the miraculous will begin to flow the boldness will begin to flow uh, come on if you can get it out of your home uh, praise the lord i'm telling you uh, God, to bring revival to your children uh, if you can get it out of your marriage uh, God, to bring revival to your marriage uh, come on in the name of jesus Uh, Your love, praise the Lord, is not based upon uh, what somebody does or their compliance uh, or their recipients of your love. uh, I'm going to love you if you trample upon it. uh, I'm going to love you if you talk about me. uh, Why? Because my love for you uh, is not based upon your love for me. uh, But my love for you is based upon uh, my love for God uh, and based upon uh, God's love for me. uh, Come on, in the name of Jesus, uh, I dare somebody in this church tonight uh, Praise the Lord to lay some stuff down. Uh, I dare somebody in this church tonight uh, to lay some stuff down. I'm laying it down. I'm going to lay it all down tonight. I'm laying it down. I'm getting rid of it, God. Uh, I'm going to get my boldness back. Praise the Lord. Uh, When you begin to love God with all of your heart, uh, come on, he'll put some boldness in your heart. Uh, I've come to tell you the Bible says "When you have sought me with all your mind and all your heart. uh, He said, then shall you find me, church uh, can i tell you you want to find the greater relationship uh, with god you want to find him uh, praise the lord uh, you've got to love with everything you've got uh, you've got to love your enemy uh, you gotta love even if it's not even of your political persuasion uh, praise the lord you better love that person uh, you better love folk praise god uh, they might not be what you want them to be but uh, Trust me, the Lord loves him. You better love him. Why? Because if I I don't love, it might hinder my faith. If I don't love, fear will creep in. But if I'm going to maintain fear out the door, I've got to keep love in the house. Come on, in the name of Jesus, is your house fear-proof? Come on, is your marriage fear-proof? Do you have an atmosphere of love burning through this church that can keep the spirit of fear outside? of uh, the church do you have uh, an atmosphere of love burning through your home uh, and keep the spirit of fear on the outside of the home uh, the bible says in the last days uh, it says men's hearts have fell them uh, for fear of things to come uh, you gotta get that stuff out of your arteries uh, you cannot afford to come this far and have a panic attack uh, you cannot afford to come this far and die of come on church in the name of Jesus uh, you gotta get that love flowing uh. see when I begin to let that love begin to flow fear begins to leave uh. when I begin to think about the blood of Jesus Christ uh, and let that blood flow through my life uh, and let that blood through somebody else's life the spirit of fear can't creep in why because love is sweeping through my life I heard G.T. Haywood say I see a crimson stream of blood that flows from Calvary oh it reaches the throne of God and they're sweeping over me church let the blood sweep over you let the blood sweep over that situation let the blood Sweep uh, over your mind. Uh, Let the blood sweep uh, over your heart. Uh, Let the blood sweep uh, over your family. Uh, Come on in the name of Jesus Uh, tonight by the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. hallelujah Let's receive that. God's unchanging love. Come on. We've got to receive that. We've got to press into that tonight. Come on, where there's no torment, where there's no fear, His love is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Let's receive it tonight. Come on. Oh, God. sister in the green shirt with the black jacket with the husband I assume has on the pink shirt the Lord said this night he said I'm going to heal the vexed heart and I know you've heard it said that you've got to move on but I heard you say that, how? Because I heard you scream, this is not fair. This is not fair. This is not right. I saw you stuck in your kitchen. Literally stuck in a place of despair because it's one thing when the enemy touches you it's another thing when the enemy begins to touch that which belongs to you the Lord told me to tell you tonight he says I'm moving you beyond this place There's a part of you on the inside that you know the Christian thing to do. But it's like doing the Christian thing, there's a part of you that feels as though there's a death that has taken place on the inside. And every time you come to this place, I see you reliving a phone call. The Lord told me to tell you this night, he says that I shall cause life to come upon you again this night. And he said, and I will cause you to live beyond the trauma. This night, by the power, and the authority that is in the name of Jesus, I speak a healing and a closure For this night, the Lord says, I'm going to bring closure to you and your family. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray, Lord, that you would close the door. The Lord says, I shall cause you to live again, even after the funeral this night. The Lord says, I have caused you to come forth. It is almost like you desire to be in the grave, but God says, I've kept you out. In the name of Jesus, I bring peace to your mind, saith the Lord this night, and closer to your heart. And in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray for deliverance. In the name of Jesus, all despair, Lord God, all grief. You're releasing that tonight in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, that she is going to live and she is going to be a restorer of life to those that have suffered in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I pray for breakthrough. Lord, I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus that tonight, that she is able to sleep the whole night through without tormenting dreams and thoughts. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that you would allow her to see the big picture tonight. Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus, church, stretch your hands towards her right now. Lord God, I speak to every spirit in the house right now that is casting blame and casting doubt casting fear, confusion of the mind. I speak to it tonight by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. I speak a release right now into her life. Lord God, we pray. Lord God, that you would send angels into her home in the name of Jesus and remove everything, Lord God, that was sent there as a distraction and to kill even after the funeral tonight by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. I declare Breakthrough right now. In the name of Jesus. Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that you would turn it around. He's a miracle worker. Come on, in the name of Jesus. What the enemy meant for evil. Come on, God's gonna turn it around for your good. Come on, where you thought you died, God's gonna cause uh, roots to spring forth and the fruit to come out of that ground. This night by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. I declare a breakthrough. Uh, come on, church. Uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, come on, if that's your testimony, if you're in that same place, uh, lift your hands up right now. In the name of Jesus. Because uh, not only is God doing it for her, but God will doing it for you. This night, in the name of Jesus, uh, I pray a breakthrough. Come upon your mind. Come upon your heart. You will not be held captive by the offense of other people. But just like the blood of Jesus set you free of the offenses and separated you from God, this night in the name of Jesus, the Lord said, I will cause my blood to even flow, even to the offender tonight. The power and the authority, it's in the name of Jesus. I declare revival in your mind, in your heart, in your family. This day by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Oh, he oh. came Amanda Basoto Labaca. He came a Hallelujah. He came, Amanda Basoto. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, I hear victory in this house. Come Come on. My brother in the blue, the blue jeans and the blue shirt. While I was praying for them, it was like I saw the Lord come by and blow in your direction behind you. And I heard him say, live. Live. And then as he said it, the wind blew, and then I saw you begin to lift up. And then I heard him say, Live. And the wind blew, and I saw you begin to lift up again. And then I heard him say, Live again. And the wind blew, and I saw you take off like an eagle. The Lord says, I'm not finished but he is commanding you to live in the name of jesus lord god i thank you for the breakthrough tonight in the name of jesus lord god you know how to turn things around hallelujah lord god you know how to get the glory In the name of Jesus, Lord God, you know how to get the glory. You know how to restore. You know how to bring up that which has died in the name of Jesus. Tonight by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Uh, I thank you, Lord God, that you're going to cause him to mount up with wings as eagles. uh, And run and not be weary. And walk and not faint. uh, In the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, uh, that you have not you're not finished. Uh, you have not forgotten about him uh, and in the name of Jesus uh, I thank you Lord God for deliverance uh, I thank you Lord God for the breakthrough. Uh, I thank you Lord that where the enemy thought that he had him. Uh, Lord God you stepped in uh, and by the power of your glory Lord you answered the prayer. Come on in the name of Jesus uh, somebody shout Lord do it again in the in the name of jesus lord god we thank you for your power we thank you for your spirit we thank you for your fire lord hallelujah come you're not defeated you're victorious you're not defeated you've got the victory you're not defeated you're victorious the Lord said I've changed your name from defeat to victory This night by the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus, I come against every word that the enemy has spoken to your mind concerning yesterday. The Lord said we're sin abound. He said grace doth much more abound. He is a God of deliverance. He is a God of breakthrough. He is a God of restoration. And the word that he has put in your mouth shall be spoken again, said the Lord this night, in the name of Jesus hallelujah hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah. He somebody needs to shout I think somebody needs to get excited I think somebody needs to worship the Lord somebody needs to bless the Lord hallelujah He's a strong deliverer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh glory. Hey. Oh, he commanded us to my, hallelujah. Yes. Yes.
1: Peace. Hallelujah.
0: my sister in the back with the white jacket on Standing next to the gentleman, you're the gentleman that ushers me in, right? Okay. My sister, the Lord said, Do not be distracted by the gainsayer. He said, Do not be distracted by the voices of those that cannot stop what He has spoken. For the Lord says, My word has gone forth and it will not return back void. There. There is someone that is standing in the way of a door that God has opened. But the Lord told me to tell you this night, He says, I am going to remove the person that is blocking this door. He said, but I need you to keep the words of people out of your heart. For the Lord said, the word that He has spoken has already been released, is already spoken. He said, it will not return back void. He said, but he does not want you to be distracted by the voices of gainstayers that cannot stop the word of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, this night, I speak peace to your heart. I thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in this family. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, my brother, there have been times where I saw you. My brother, I don't know what you do. But there are times where I've seen you stick your neck out there for people. You're always trying to do stuff, even uh, even for people, even against your own judgment. But there's a part of you that tries to do the right thing, and I see every single time you're doing this. It's almost like I see you getting—you always stick your neck out, and it's like it's like you always end up with the short end of the stick, like you get your head chopped off. The Lord told me to tell you, He said, "I'm going to give you favor in places that you had actually." it's like I see some old phone calls kind of coming up, some old connections that you thought that were done. The Lord says some places that have, there's some people that sabotage some things. In the past, the Lord said, I'm going to cause these old connections that you had to begin to spring forth in this hour. And the Lord says where the enemy thought you told you that you were going to be defeated, defeated. He's going to turn this thing around. He's going to give you an open door. And in this hour, you're going to walk in favor. And the things that you've lost, even dealing with business deals, the Lord says, I'm going to cause there to be a restoration in this hour. The Lord says, I'm going to cause there to be a flow. I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, the Lord says, do not be distracted by what they've said. Don't be distracted by what you've done, by what people have done. I'm telling you, God's going to open this thing up wide, my brother. And when he opens it up wide, it's basically going to be because it's going to be like this. Because you have, it's almost like I saw you. Um, it's almost like I saw you uh, handling situations. It was like the enemy wanted you to get in your flesh. And then other places wanted you to quit. But the Lord had given you direction, so you stayed focused. And because of you being focused and being committed to the direction of the Lord, the Lord says, I'm going to reward you. In this reward, the Lord says, I'm going to restore unto you the things that you've lost and the time that you lost and in the name of Jesus, God's going to give you favor and there's going to be, an, it's almost going to be like you guys are going to become a magnet. It's like people are going to be calling you guys and people, it's like I see things just being deposited. Things are just going to be coming from out of nowhere. And I see people saying, where are you getting this at? It's going to be the favor of God. But the thing is, God's going to give you favor of man. But the reason why is because you handle the situation properly instead of letting it go, instead of letting it get into your spirit You kept the thorn in the flesh, and God's going to give you favor in Jesus' name. Everybody worship the Lord. I speak peace to that family in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody, worship the Lord.